Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, here we go. It's Cody and Gold on a Thursday with you for the next four hours. You guys can always hit us up on the J Southland Toast Service text line, 913-586-7610. Spring training baseball gets going tomorrow right here on 610 Sports Radio. And so Vinny Pasquantino is going to join us one hour from now. Now we transition away from just being our NFL insider. Now he's Royals first baseman, Vinny Pasquantino. He'll join us now at 11 o'clock. Fe- now yeah. that's after the Super Bowl, uh-huh. he's just... Yes. Baseball player, Vinny Pasquantino. Back to being hopefully uh, one of the, the big pieces for this upcoming season for the Royals. And they're simp- they're going to need him to be right in the middle of that that lineup. Going to need him. He only played in 61 games a year ago. And we'll, we'll talk to him about getting back in the batter's box in, in a game situation for the first time in, shoot, what, eight months or something like that? Yeah. God, it's been a lot. I mean, he only played 60 games last year. So he's probably done in like, what, uh, April, maybe and May. 10 months. So like, I, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's been a long time since Vinny played baseball. Um, but yeah, I'll be honest. If you're watching in the video stream, I have not changed Vinny's graphic yet. So it's still going to say NFL Insider. <laughs> there you go. That's fun. Even though, you know, on the phone will be Vinny Pasquantino, the baseball player forever. <laughs> NFL Insider in our hearts. That's what matters. We still got to figure out which date we're going to hit up Vinny for those crown seats. But I think we'll sort that out asking, in the next I'm not asking weeks. him about that today. Let's let him get going to spring training. We'll worry about that a little later. We'll let a baseball game happen before we start yeah. asking him for the things. I think that's true. I, I know uh, Drew's fired up for a couple reasons today. We'll, we'll talk a little bit uh, about the, the video game, uh, which now more details are coming out, NCAA football video game. And uh, you went golfing. You, you actually went golfing in Kansas City yesterday. Uh, I want to I hear about that coming up in about maybe 15 minutes or All so right. as uh, you, you golfed in KC for the first time. And I'm sure the golf course was packed. And it's only going to be crazier oh, yeah, was over the next couple of days uh, into next week as well. But let's talk about the NFL and, and the, the phrase that we probably use all the time. And I think there is some truth to it, but maybe not as much as we realize. And that is, man, the parody in the NFL is, is incredible, man. It's a lie, dude. It's an absolute lie. And it was made even more apparent to me from Ian Horitz, who usually does like some fantasy football coverage and stuff like that. But when, you, when I saw this ad, I'm like, yeah, this is pretty much what I thought. The NFL's a lie. It's not a parody league at all. Baseball is significantly better at turning out different World Series champions than the NFL is at turning out different Super Bowl champions, different good teams across the league, and all of these things to go with it. Because look at this stat. Playoff wins the last five years in the NFL. 
not surprisingly, the Chiefs, who have three Super Bowl champions during that time, have 14. Next closest, San Francisco at eight, who've been in two of those Super Bowls. Tampa Bay, a team that has a single playoff win since Tom Brady left, is third at six. And then there's a couple at five, one at three, and a small handful at two, one and zero. The way this looks right now, let me just break it down simpler. 25 of the teams in the league over the last five years have two or less playoff wins total. Irrelevant. Only seven franchises have three or more, which I would call, I guess, semi-relevant. If you take out the teams with three or more, you're talking about like four teams that have mattered in the postseason over the last five years. I could extend this thing to a decade or 15 years if you want. It's not going to look better. It was all the Patriots for 20 years, and now it's going to be all the Chiefs. You don't have to be mad. Great news for the Chiefs. The fact that it's not a parody league is actually fantastic for Kansas City. It just, the league's not balanced. I I think it depends on which way we talk about it. If we're just talking about winning playoff games and therefore winning championships, then the numbers back up exactly what you're saying, which is that it's not uh, the the type of league we think. But I I still wouldn't think about the playoffs and I think about the season and the 18 weeks of the NFL. I do think that is where their parity still exists. What I mean by that, don't forget, there was a point in time we even on this show talked about it. There was a stretch in early January, so like week 17, I think. And at that point in time, there were 24 teams in or within one game of a playoff spot. Seven of eight division races within two games. Four that were within one or a tie. So So if you want to be mediocre, it's very competitive. So in terms of getting into the playoffs, and especially with the expanded playoffs here recently, I do think there's parity in terms of we. there was that stat for a very long time we all circulated around, which was, oh, like, you just got to know heading into a new season, three of these teams aren't going to make the playoffs. And someone from last place in the division is going to finish first place. So so in a way, that is parity also, not to winning championships, though. There's not parity in getting to the Super Bowl. Not to parity. Starts. Parody, yeah, parody to getting the, the conference title games. But I do think in terms of the entire league and the feeling of getting to, to the party, right, getting into the postseason, being competitive the final two weeks of the season and within a game of a playoff spot, I do think that is accurate that everybody year after year you, you can turn over in that regard. But once you get to the playoffs, you, know, you, you find out the teams that are stable have the best quarterbacks. Those are the teams that are winning playoff games. Those are the teams that are going to Super Bowls and in the Chiefs case winning them. Yeah, I, but that's, again, I guess if it's just not parody come playoff time, great. I think that's part of what kills the playoff parody. What you find out is, is that the league is way more mediocre than we want to lead on sometimes, where the quarterback play, I think, is down right now. And as a result of that, there are a lot of like, oh, we all just like rotate the chairs on the Titanic, meaning we're doing nothing. Other teams are a little better. Other teams are a little worse. Uh, different teams in the playoff, but those teams don't actually matter. The only teams that matter are the teams that are in the playoffs 80-90% of the time. Those are the same teams I just mentioned. The only teams that matter in the playoffs over the last five years are the Chiefs, the 49ers, Tampa Bay, when they had Brady, by the way, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and the Rams. No one else has mattered because they can't make the playoffs every year. Every other team in the league is irrelevant. They can be in the playoffs here or there. They can show up here or there. But in the long run, even like look at Philadelphia. They made the postseason this year. But because they had a couple of years where they weren't doing anything, they haven't mattered either. It's like five teams you're competing against for the Super Bowl every year is what it actually comes down to. Not 32. Like history would tell you that like even the Texans are unlikely to matter in this equation. And look, maybe they'll get a playoff win. 
they're actually one of the few teams who has two or more over the last five years versus, I don't know, more than half the league, I think, that has one or zero. Because it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 3. Yeah, it's more than half the league that has one or zero playoff wins. Just like a wild card game. Just an oopsie win. And it's not it's not surprising the teams. New England, by the way, doesn't have a single playoff win in five years because Brady left. No Miami, no Jets, no Pittsburgh, no Washington. It's the teams you'd expect. But some of those teams have made the postseason. They just don't matter. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think it's interesting to look at. But at the same time, what I mentioned about teams getting into the postseason, ultimately getting to the postseason and having turnover on teams that make the postseason, isn't that what makes the NFL great on top of it, though? Is that there is a sense that you can get to the party uh, any given year in the NFL, not winning championships. Not every team can win the Super Bowl every single season. But when you're looking at the turnover and who's in the playoffs and what markets are therefore cheering on their team come postseason and feel like that in week 15 their team's not out of it, every year that rotates. Heck, we just had the, the story of the Lions this year. For 30 years, they, didn't, they weren't sniffing anything like this. They were, uh, they were up 17 points in the NFC title game. Yeah. They were that close to getting to the Super Bowl. So while, yeah, they, they ended up only winning, uh, what did the Lions win? Uh, one, two playoff two games? Playoff two games. playoff games. Otherwise, uh, they'd be at zero on this list, by the way. So I, I, I hear you, and a lot of it is right now the dominance of the Chiefs impacting on the AFC side, no question. But if you're an AFC team, like the Texans hadn't been in the playoffs in four years or something like that. They yeah. just got in. Uh, pick, pick another team. The, the Indianapolis Colts will probably be back into the, the postseason again next year. The, the Jacksonville Jaguars didn't make it this past year. There's a decent chance they're in. I actually think that, to me, is, is, is what you're searching for as an entire league to get all 32 markets feeling like from September 1 till January 15th that they actually have a chance and are in. Isn't that what you want versus in baseball at times? While there's more turnover, league, it doesn't matter. While there's more turnover yeah. in, in champions, I'm with you Way there. Way more turnover. 100%. And, and we all know the story this year with the Rangers and Diamondbacks both making and, and how improbable that seemed but at the, the time. Too. In the last it, decade, sure. they've had like four improbable But champions. in terms of making the postseason, I, and I know there's 162 games compared to a 17 yes. games in the regular season, but whether it's Kansas City or otherwise, there is what? 25% of the league that by mid-June is done. Don't matter. Yeah, that's probably fair. The NFL's better at in-season parity, but terrible at postseason parity. But all that means... Don't like, you want the best teams, though, in the postseason? You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't you want the best teams well, I, in the postseason? I want the worst teams in the postseason other than the Chiefs. Well, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, yeah, yes. not, from the Chiefs' perspective, sure. From the sure. perspective, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. If you're the league, you want rotational because every franchise thinks it's in it. But the truth is... That if you're in the postseason this year and you're all those other teams I just talked about that has two or less playoff wins over the last five years, which is, again, 20 of the 32 teams, you are more likely to miss the postseason next year than matter for the Super Bowl race. Right. Like but it's just well, as likely you're just, you don't matter at all than matter in the Super Bowl right, race. Right. But so if I, this is a weird example now because we're coming right off of a World Series where the Diamondbacks and Rangers were sure. such long shots at the beginning of the year. So someone can use that and say, what are you talking about? I understand. But if I would have had the same argument a year ago, everybody would be on board. The point is just that in the, the Super Bowl era where we're at, we got to see what free agency and draft is. So the, the teams that I'm about to say don't matter as much as the number. Right now, heading into next NFL season, there we can laugh and roll our eyes, but truly, there's probably only about five teams that you can definitively say right. maybe have no chance to make the postseason. And there's probably about 10 NBA teams that don't matter, and baseball, 10? Oh, I think there's at least 10 in baseball that you could say they're not making the postseason. I think 10 that you can just fully eliminate, where you're just like, right now, that I could just be like, they're not going to There's matter. less teams to me that, double. there's less teams in the NFL where, but when the season starts, you can say 100% 
have no chance to even make the postseason. Again, you should be looking at this as a positive. Because yeah. over the last well, decade... Well, positive again for the Chiefs. I'm just yeah. talking about as how we view sports. Yeah, if we want, yeah, if we want to just make from it the about... Chiefs? the Chiefs? By the way, the, from the Chiefs' angle, they're not worried about the seven seeds anyway. So who gives a damn? You know what I mean? Like, they're not worried about the seven and six seeds for the most part. Over the last 10 years in baseball, there has been nine different champions. Like, I mean, think about... Like, yeah. I, we give baseball a hard time for not being competitive. Over the last decade, there have been nine different champions. The only one to manage to get two World Series titles during that, or multiple World Series titles during the time of the Astros. I think it's nine. Maybe it's eight. But, I mean, it's a big swing in that because you've got the Giants in 14, the Royals in 15, the Cubs. Think about how close the Royals were to being, <laughs> were, were being the answer to two of them, by the way. I know. <laughs> One stupid Madison Bumgarner. Uh, I prefer not to think about it, but, yeah. yeah, the point is there. Like, the only teams that are really repeating as champions are, I take it back, there's two that have repeated, the Astros and the Dodgers. Everyone else is new champions. You get fresh blood, and I know lately it hasn't felt that way. And look, again, this is actually, weirdly enough, I know we're getting into, like, the broader scope of what this means for the league. As a Chiefs fan, again, this is the best possible news because NFL's history would tell us that it's not a parity league come postseason time. It's only a parity league for games 1 through 17. The rest of it is about the, the people who matter. The five quarterbacks who matter at any one time in the NFL are the only ones you have to regularly pay attention to. We're going to spend a lot of time this offseason focused on what these other teams are doing to catch up to the Chiefs. And let me make it simple for you. Pay attention to about what five teams are doing in the NFL. Maybe like one on the NFC side and like three to four on the AFC side. Pay attention to what Cincinnati does. Pay attention to what Buffalo does. And maybe if you're thinking C.J. Stroud's the goods, pay attention to what he does. Other than that, maybe the 49ers and the Lions and everyone else you can ignore. You can just close your eyes and pretend like whatever they do in the offseason doesn't actually matter for what's going to happen for the Chiefs' opportunity to three-peat next year. Coming up in about 25 minutes, we'll get to potential landing spots, what some of the odds tell us about where Chris Jones could be taking his first snap in 2024. Hopefully it's in Kansas City, but we'll tell you what the odds are saying about that. Uh, We just said, I don't know, three days ago that college football is moving ahead with some plans in the future and how to determine the 12 spots for the college football playoff and how it's going to be this 5-7 model, right? Five uh, conference champions and then the next seven highest-ranked football teams. That's what they're going to do for the college football playoff starting this year. And then I see yesterday, less than, what, three days after they already confirmed that for this new iteration of the college football playoff, there are already multiple conferences... SEC, Big Ten, oh, that are yes. looking at that <laughs> are looking at a fourteen team playoff. Can we see how the twelve team playoff works first before we already are in twenty twenty six want to go to fourteen? And part of that fourteen and why they want it is these two conferences were the two are the two dominant conferences we know that in collegiate athletics right now, mm-hmm. and the super conferences. If we end up one day only having two or three, it's going to be these two. They want eight of the 14 spots guaranteed to be from their two conferences. Screw the Big Ten and screw the SEC. They're trying to ruin college football, man. They're done. That's it. They're trying to bury it. This sucks. This is a bad model. First, we haven't even actually had a college football playoff yet. And you're already like... With 12. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Sorry. The current model, the 12 team, like actually everyone's involved. And they immediately want to wipe it off the planet as if it did not matter. Do you know how frustrating that is? That they immediately like, we want eight. You want 65%, 70% of the field? I thought this was about balance. I thought the <laughs> college football playoff was about 
putting oh, some other oh, teams Cody. in the dance. <laughs> this is a joke. This is bad for the sport. I'm going to tell you yeah. right now, this is bad for the sport. And if they're going to do this, they might as well secede from the rest of college football, form their own super conference together, and just do their own thing with 40 happening. teams. That's it's what's stupid happening. otherwise. There's but, no point. But that's what's happening. This, this shouldn't overall be all that surprising. I'm, I'm surprised that I guess it's happening this quickly, but the actual thought what you're saying is like, hey, 65 percent, and this is this is uh, you know this is unfair, and all. this is where everything's been trending. Though we shouldn't be surprised that the Big Ten and the SEC are positioning themselves because they have been for the last five to ten years anyway, positioning themselves as the two dominant conferences in this sport. That either everybody else is going to have to play by their rules, or yes, Cody, in the next ten years, five years, I don't know what the timeline looks like then we will end up with these two super conferences, and that's the battle to be the third, basically. That's where the Big 12 has to fight out the ACC and see if there can be three in the long-term future of college football. That's why I think that down the road, there will only be a college football playoff that kind of matters, which is the one that includes the SEC, Big Ten, and maybe a third conference, and then there'll be this other postseason playoff or tournament just get that's it. everybody else. That is where I think it's trending, so I'm not surprised to see them already try to flex their muscle. They know they have the, the advantage, if you will, and the power over all these other leagues based off of the money, first and foremost, and the TV rights. It's why we see Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC. It's why we saw USC, UC CLA going to the Big Ten. It's why the Pac-12 is essentially no more. It's it's changing this sport that's supposed to include these like hundreds of schools and everyone matters. It's what makes the NCAA tournament in basketball so great. And instead, they're shrinking it to like 40 teams. And they're saying, the rest of you don't matter. We're doing our own thing. And that's just... Well, that's already kind of how it's been. Let's be real with each other here on this one. Like, out of the 100 and what is it, Drew? 114 college football programs? 34. 134, thank you. I knew you would know the number. And inside of the 134, how many of them actually matter in this... Like, truly, going into this season, Cody, how many teams do you think can make the 12-team playoff? The 12-team, not the future 14. Like, right now, how many schools truly? 30. Right. Like, maybe 35 or 40 because it's now 12. So, like, and that might be generous. So it's the what you're saying I agree with and is what I want college football to be. But the reality is it's already been this club of 40 or 50. It's getting smaller, though. They're shrinking it every single day. They're eliminating schools that like people with passionate fan bases. You're a Kansas fan. Our guy Rob Britton is a season ticket holder in Kansas. They're saying, screw you. You don't matter. Go away. You're irrelevant. Leave well, this the system. Truth, the reality is, as much as I hate to say it, for up until recently, they haven't mattered anyway, Cody. No, I understand. But, like, there was always, like, at least the slimmest possibility. There, like, it, Boise State had a moment. I understand sure. that some schools, I know that it was always an imbalance. I'm not trying to pretend like there's never been an imbalance. But if you fully let them get away with, all right, we got a 12-team playoff and we get eight of them. Who's stopping them? Like you're the, saying, you're, you're, they can't. Like that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, you're saying, like, let them. I mean, I, that, just let them be their own have, thing, and then I guess just form your own smaller conference where you're the big dog and you let an FCS team. I mean, just accept your fate. Because otherwise, you're just like, you're accepting the scraps. It's that, uh, it's that Netflix show during COVID in which everybody's eating the food on the top I've floor. That. That and they're just throwing the you the scraps at the bottom of the heap. You better, and you're supposed to say, thank you, mister. Yeah, you better be on the top floor. For, what was the name of that show, by the way? <laughs> I know exactly which Drew, did you ever watch that? You know what I'm talking I, about. I, I, I can't remember what, what it's talking. called, but basically, yeah, it was like almost like a prison or it was a prison. I can't remember. And, and yeah, they would have a full, like this huge plate full of good food. And the lower it got, there was just nothing left. Well, so the, the problem with this, I think, and a lot of people who are, I guess, college football diehards like myself are particularly bothered by this, is they're trying to turn college football into the NFL. 
If they move to a 14-team playoff, it's basically what the NFL is already doing. If they jump and they go their separate way and have a 40-team league, just the Big Ten and the SEC, it's turning it closer to the NFL. The thing about this playoff is that it gets rid of the important, with automatic qualifiers in particular, is that it gets rid of the importance of conference championship games completely. If If you can automatically qualify and you finish third in the conference, why should it matter if I play in a conference championship game where only one team is going to get a bye. Even if you make the conference title game, if there was one, you don't even make your, you don't even get a bye. So I think just in terms of the, the way that it's shaped and the way that college football is shaped and the makeup of it that we've always known up until the last like decade is just totally being wiped away for. And I think a lot of it comes down to the, the money is that a lot of what's happened is that we've let the conference commissioners really get partnered up, you know, inside with the networks where we can make more money. They label it as a college football playoff and say, everybody has a chance when we all know that nobody has that, that, that only 30 schools have a shot of, of making it goal. That's the thing. How many schools have a chance of winning it? Like if you, I don't even think all, all 12 yeah. schools have a legitimate shot of winning it because right. of what, what's going to happen is Not if 70% of the field is big 10 and SEC. When's the big 12 ever going to well, win a national title? That, that's where I think this is going to get stale is it's going to be a lot like the NFL, but college football, there's so much disparity in score lines. You're going to have the rematch of Georgia and Florida. That was a 25 point thrashing in the regular season, be the national title game. And it's even going to be worse than it was before. And people are just going to throw, there's never going to be, there were blowouts in the BCS era. There's going to be BC. There's going to be blowouts sure. in this new era, whether they move or not. But I don't think many people. I would rather watch Alabama play Boise State than watch Alabama beat Rutgers by 40 points in a college football playoff. I, I'd rather see the small guy well, so get that, a shot. And college football, I don't. And college football, not as much for me. Later on, we'll talk college basketball, and I've had this argument. We've discussed the the NCAA tournament expanding. Yeah, you like once and, you get to eight that it's the big boys. Yeah, well, once we get to eight, but also I don't want to expand the college basketball tournament right. if we're just going to have. Yeah, please don't do that. I, you reminded me when you mentioned Rutgers because they because the because Ru- yeah. Rutgers reminds me of being a nine seed every damn year if yeah. they make the tournament. So like, if Rutgers were to make the NCAA tournament, I don't want the expanded tournament field to just be the 10th best school in the power five conferences. I would rather see mid majors get it. Now in college football, I actually am kind of the opposite as much as it's funny. You keep using the Boise state example. Cause you know, that's why they covered. Well, them. And, but, and I think uh, that they're going to be but, the best group of five but, uh, teams this year. They anyways. could, they could, I hope so. I have a ticket on them. Uh, but when it comes to college football and their 12 team playoff, I, I do kind of want the best teams. And the, usually that does yeah, end up being the, saw, if you see Michigan play Rutgers in the playoff and we already know how that game went, why do I want to see it again when it matters more? And it's going to be the exact same result. I, I don't, well, I mean, that's me, a very specific example, obviously, like it, the chances of it, of, of seeing sure, but I, I think that I mean, like, the SEC is not going to well, be all that rare. Well, the, the SEC, teams? but the FCC has probably eight teams that are some of the eight best teams in the country as much as we hate saying that. Yeah. But if you have, if, if Georgia played Missouri again in the playoff, and well, the way, after the the matchup in the regular season, I actually would have liked yeah. to see well, that. Well, I, I, I know, but the, that game could be could end up being it, it's a repeated game where if you give Georgia more time, Missouri played 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 as good as they could have, and they almost won the game. If Georgia has more time to prepare, Kirby Smart has got the better athlete. It, it, like it might be a twenty five point game in a playoff, which I. But by that, I, I by that wanna, logic, I don't want to see a rematch. But by that logic, if there's that much better, then then let's just stick with the fourteen playoff and let's just keep throwing in Alabama and, and Oklahoma no, and, and, and everybody. Let's just let's have the because essentially 
let's just let's just have the SEC college football playoff. The, the, well, that, I think that's what it's turning into. Yeah. Right? Like if we go to the Big Ten and the SEC, that, that's what it's going to be. The but results, with, with the Big Ten and the SEC, yeah. which will both have eventually, I think, 30 teams in each conference or something. The like results that. should still matter. And the problem is, is my problem is not that it's going to be littered with Big Ten and SEC. I know that's the case. Well, then just earn it, you cowards. This is the coward's way out. We get four. We get four no matter what. We always got four of the best teams in the country anyway. Prove it. Prove it, you jerk. It's not that hard. We're long Play. past that, though, you know Cody. It's, it's been about money for 25 years. We're long past that. Like, I, I think, again, this is where I, I don't disagree with you, but we are way past the model of that. I mean, we clearly money has influenced. The reason why the college football playoff expanded wasn't just because everybody's like, it wasn't because the SEC was, you know what, we want to give everybody a chance. Yeah, no, it it's because there's that. more money. There's more TV dollars. More schools from that conference can make it, so then the of SEC course. makes more money, which That's is why. That's the only reason why the yeah. SEC signed off on yes. the college football playoff expansion expansion is because they knew it meant more spots for their conference therefore more dollars yeah but you yeah. don't need the guaranteed spots you're good enough I mean, it guarantees them more money i mean this, the sad part is this is all become this is a much it's, broader it's conversation about collegiate athletics right it's it's become way more about money than ever before it's been this way for a while but it just continues every single year to become more and more about dollar signs Ugh, it's just getting worse it's a billion dollar industry getting less interested every day when they treat it this way. All right, coming up next, we'll give some of our early predictions on who actually lands in Kansas City. Plus, I want to find out how Drew's golf game is going after he took part uh, with some listeners, I guess I heard. We'll do that next. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Back here on Cody and Gold. Always good to hear a little Luke Holmes. Thank you, Drew. Fast car, Cody and I. I vaguely remember hearing him once. I hope you do, at least a little bit. Saw him, you know, just three weeks ago in concert out in uh, out in Las Vegas. I was yeah, under he the was weather. terrific. <laughs> wow. No, yeah, I don't know. You're, I think you're feeling just fine. I don't think you're under the weather. I feel, I feel like you're feeling fine. No, it's a great show. He put on a phenomenal show. Um, and uh, I'm not sure. I'm sure at some point he'll be back in Kansas City on tour again. But uh, fast car. That was that's that's the whole reason you go for me at least. Plenty of other great songs, but that's all I wanted to hear. I just I don't know enough of Luke Combs' category yeah. to or catalog, go, yeah, yeah, or catalog yeah, yeah. To, yeah, to go outside of that. But sure, we'll you get uh, <laughs> we'll get to some Royals baseball coming up in about a half hour. Vinny Pasquantino, our uh, NFL insider, now is turning into just our Royals first baseman, which is uh, good to have him back talking baseball with us. He's going to join us with spring training's first game underway tomorrow, right here on Six Ten Sports Radio. He's coming up at eleven o'clock. Drew, you uh, you took advantage of uh, of KC a little bit. Finally, got out a little bit. I've I've seen you've started to do some more things. You went to the college basketball experience, yeah. uh, and then you you went golfing yesterday. How did that go? So you were worried, I think, about how rusty you would be. Uh, yeah, I was a little bit worried about uh, the rustiness. Uh, I played okay. Uh, could have been a little bit better, um, but what'd you shoot? Uh, I played nine holes, thirty six par, shot thirty nine. And you hadn't golfed in how long? Uh, eight months. So you would, if the average would have held up, you would have shot an eighty, basically seventy eight. Uh, yeah. If I'd have played another nine, I, mean, I would have shot thirty nine. I shot seventy eight. Not golfing eight months, depending on you know what the if the front nine is longer right. or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. nonsense. I'm just trying to simplify it, but yeah, yeah, yeah okay. 
And you, uh, you, who did you golf with? Did you end up walking by yourself? Uh, no, I, well, I ended up walking. It was I was paired with two other people, um, and we, you know, we got to talking, of course. And they asked what I do. I said I work at six ten, and they said, "Oh, really? I I am a listener." And uh, the other guy was a listener as well, and they listened to the show normally uh, during like their lunch break. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, a little bit easier for them to listen to to both drive shows, but they they do love the show, and uh, it, it was cool to talk to them a little bit. They shoot better than you, or were you the best golfer? Oh yeah, uh, I think I was the. I think I was better. I, I wasn't keeping track of their score, so I, quite frankly, I have no idea. How I mean, they you did. can tell a vibe if you're better than somebody. If you and I stepped on a golf course, there'd be no mystery that you were the better golfer. I like this strategy, Drew. You and I can go golfing, and, and some. And Cody can ask you who was better between the two. I'm not sure. I'm not sure actually. Well, uh, you know, I wasn't keeping track of gold scores. Like, well, he was in the woods eight times, so you can safely assume that it was higher than yours. Uh huh. Huh. People are jealous of you. You're getting people are talking crap to you on the text line. I think it's just are because they they're they're jealous that you were able to go out there and golf someone after not. And and yeah, someone said f you, Drew. Why? Just because he was able to I'm go guessing, after work? I'm guessing that's why that text came in. Our job gets off a little bit earlier. Meanwhile, I spent my time at home last night teaching the kids blackjack. Important I math saw that. lessons. How, how was that? Hold uh, on. It was good. They they were they that's seemed, the math lesson of the day. Did well, they catch on? Yeah, they did. Um, they did. The the problem was teaching them the nomenclature, like the hit me stay. <laughs> What the dealer is going to hit on soft 17, the the intricacies we weren't really getting into, mm. but simply in their case, I said, J, Q, K, all equal 10, just like a 10 does. They can add up the numbers. I said, how many do you have? How many do you think I have? And then we were doing it. I gave them chips. Oh my goodness. What does your wife think about this? <laughs> she, she, I don't know, she didn't stop me from doing it. So just wait until they go to school and tell the other kids, Hey, guess what I did last night? I'm going to show you to play blackjack. Black That's fine. They'll be fine. Look, it's a it's a math it lesson. It is a math lesson. It is. Um, yeah. yeah, it is a math lesson. They were asking because I was getting stuff out because I'm uh, having make sure you people teach them, over. Teach them decent strategy. Or gambling at least. on Saturday. Teach them decent strategy at least on when to hit. So that way they're you know they're, that way one day they'll already be ready to roll. For the sake of everybody else out there. I don't want them getting trouble at the table. Uh, we we yeah. had to talk about he wanted to hit on seventeen and we're like we're not doing that. Mm. That's that's an always stay. I don't know what to, unless you're just feeling like Jason Kelsey that one time in Vegas. You're going to have to sit on this. I I had all this stuff out because on Saturday I'm hosting like a, a you know, like the male version of a bridal share, like a diaper party or whatever. Diaper keg f- party or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Not keg in this case. There'll be alcohol, but not a keg in this case. But what I've set up, because I was like, well, we got to do something. We can't just all sit around here and just, I mean, we can. But I was like, I got to offer some sort of activity. So what I decided is I'll just give, I'm taking a rake to give to him as a gift card for more diapers. But I've got blackjack and the gambling dreidel and poker and okay. you know, like so you can just wager. I'm the house for blackjack, so I guess I hope that this like you know the casino wins this sometimes because they get to play the long I, game. I just wanna, I'm not so sure I get to play the long game in that case. Around this time on the show yesterday, if you guys recall, Cody brought up that he might be teaching uh, a class at UMKC on the side in the uh-huh. near future. So let me be clear. So curriculum at home teaching kids blackjack. blackjack curriculum in class. Will involve Hard blackjack as well, maybe. Who knows? It At could. least teach him to start counting cards, you know? Yeah. Really? T- we were only playing nice one deck, so it would have been know? very easy mm-hmm. yesterday. I wasn't even putting four decks out for him. They only had to count one. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. God, if they te- tell their, they go to school and start telling kids how to play blackjack, they get like a deck of cards during an inside recess situation. They're like, okay, let's get some crayons out. I'd be like, okay, let's rein it in. Nice round, Drew. Solid 38. Thank you. Remember, we're going to have to pair up later this summer, and Drew is hypothetically my partner in this case. So. Well, it could be. 
Well, we were we were saying we we're going to try to make it as even as possible. So I guess it depends. I'm so convinced on that who's playing that better Dusty between would Dusty play and Drew. Than I would, I, I think. He plays like three times a week. So right now Correct. you would be at a severe disadvantage. Yes, I would. Maybe not all. And the time. I, I did not play from the tips. Not not that that matters or does it does or doesn't matter, but I did not play from the tips. I think we spent a lot of time talking about the wide receivers we want. You're a Mike Evans guy, or you're a Michael Pittman guy, or you're a trade for Jalen, whatever, right? The versions of the story you want to create at wide receiver for the Chiefs. I want to ask you a very simple question. Not who do you want at wide receiver? Who do you actually think they're going to sign? If you had to predict right now of the available wide receivers in free agency, who the Chiefs actually sign, who do you think it is? Yeah, because those are two different questions for sure. Um, who they actually sign at some point, I actually think Curtis Samuel gets signed okay. by the Chiefs. Comes over from the Commanders. Uh, last Under 30 by, by yeah. a few years. That's good. Yeah, he's, what, 27 years old. And last year, his stat line's not going to get you overly excited. But again, you're asking me, who do I think at some point they eventually sign? Curtis Samuel, 613 yards, had four touchdowns, played in 16 games, 62 receptions on a on a bad commander's team. Uh, statistically, I think there's improvement from there just based off of I think he's a better version of what they can get from a skill set of McCole Harmon slash Kadarius Tony, who both may not even be on the team next year anyway. So I think they can upgrade. If you told me they don't bring back Hardman, if they cut Kadarius Tony, brought in Curtis Samuel, that actually could work. Now, do I want them still to do other things? Yes. But you're asking me, who do I think actually ends up here? Curtis Samuel yes. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Again, this is not the game of who you want because yeah. I don't know that anybody's like, jumping out of their shoes, you know, yeah. thrilled with excitement over the possibility of Curtis Samuel coming. He is a good fit. I don't think that that's out of the question. What's funny is when I was thinking about this, I didn't even come up with an answer of a person I actually want here in Kansas City. <laughs> it's just who I'm convinced based on who they are and who they have been in their history, they're going to sign. My official prediction for the Chiefs will sign in free agency at wide receiver or early prediction anyway, Gabe Davis. Oh. And you're going to say, look, I know that that's your initial reaction, and I don't blame you for thinking that. Gabe Davis's last two seasons are both better by a decent margin of any season that MVS had had of any value. I'm just telling you right now. He's had two better seasons from a yardage yeah. and touchdown perspective than MVS ever had. He's had seven touchdowns in each of the last two years, 830 yards, 750. Why I think he's with the Chiefs, I'll tell you why. One, he's a deep threat. They need that back into their offense. Two, he is a former highly thought of draft guy that has fallen a little short of expectations. And he loves that as well, as you well know. And he just, and he's young. He's 24. He fourth round. Pick. He's young. Yeah. He's young. No, but I'm just like, as he had gotten a couple years in the league, he's not a former first rounder. But there was a time when Gabe, everyone thought Gabe Davis was getting ready to explode. Well, that was just because he blew Obviously, up against the Chiefs in a playoff game. And honestly, that's that is sure. what has carried him. If we want to be honest with ourselves about Gabe Davis, he he was having a good year anyway, and then he had four touchdowns against the Chiefs in a playoff game, in which they still lost, by the way. No, but and, and then all of a sudden, it was like, the next year, everybody's like, "Oh, he's going to be a thirteen hundred yard receiver," and he had a, he he did not follow that up with a huge year at all. But because of the guys that they've targeted in free agency for the last two times, Juju Smith-Schuster and MVS. At the time in which he signed him, more productive than either of those wide receivers yeah. at the time that they signed him. I was going to tell you, he had more yards and one less touchdown than Juju Smith-Schuster two years before his final year in Pittsburgh, before he was hurt, and more yardage and more touchdowns than MVS ever had. And yeah, they I mean, paid both of those guys. So he's productive enough for the Chiefs. 
even if he's not productive enough in you. our brains. I, I hear you, but if we're going to, and I know this again, the exercise is who do you think, not who you want, but who do you think yeah. actually lands here? So I, I, I hear you. I, I think, though, with any receiver, this goes for Curtis Samuel when I'm comparing him to anybody. I think it's not dangerous, but I, I don't agree with just comparing stat lines and acting like, well, they signed someone with the exact same stat line three years ago, so they'd sign the same player for the same stat line or better. That's not why they, like, they didn't sign MVS because they liked his stat line. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they, they didn't sign a player because they thought his stat line looked good. They signed a player because they thought his skill set would make sense in, his, in, in this system. Sure. And maybe they feel that way about Gabe because Davis. Because of the deep threat thing, but I it, think that they would. It's not a – so, like, and I'm guilty of this too, but just saying, well, they signed someone else that had 100 yards less than this guy, so why wouldn't they love this guy? We don't know the exact reason why they thought a certain player was a fit. Um, it's not just – Oh, he had 900 yards. Must be a great fit for this team. That's not how it works. No, I don't think it's as simple as that. I'm just saying, like, there are people who be like, that's not a productive wide right. receiver. Well, they're not going to get Brandon Ayuk. Like, I don't think that in the end that that's the player they're going to get. Most of the guys they target are going to be in the same wide receiver range as Curtis Samuel, Gabe yeah. Davis, and probably whatever answer Drew gives. Seven, eight, nine hundred yards. I feel like they're going to actually get two guys in a uh, oh, free wow. agency. I'm going to give you two names. Um, one of them being... I'll start off with Mike Evans because I, I, the reason I think that is there is obviously it comes down to whether Mike Evans wants his money or whether he wants to chase another ring. I think the one team that can convince him to take a little bit less money to play for them is the Kansas City Chiefs. I think it's a one-year deal. And part of the reason I think they bring him in too is if you get uh, A.D. Mitchell or you uh, Xavier Worthy or whoever the case may be, and you think he can be a number one, I think Mike Evans is a good guy to learn from because he's had as much time in the league as he has been. He's been very productive in his time. And I think if you have a similar build, like if you draft a guy who's six foot four, six three, Troy Franklin, similar size as Mike Evans, he can help mold Franklin or whoever into what he was in his time at Tampa Bay, which was a, a bona fide number one. Rishi Rice can be that number two. And then the second guy I think they sign is Josh Reynolds. Along the lines of Curtis Samuel, very productive in his time yeah. throughout his NFL career. He's he's a peak five six hundred yard receiver guy, reliable third fourth option for Patrick Mahomes to have. So between the names we mentioned, I'm sure everybody would prefer your scenario as far as likely to land. Yes, be, for those that are just tuning in, someone said, "I'll just take Calvin Ridley." And we're not doing like our wish list. We're doing who do we actually think they ultimately sign. lands here? Not the not the wish list. The wish list is obvious. Uh, it's always like Ridley yeah, and Evans and Ayuk. Yeah, yeah. Somebody texted and said, "I heard you say Samuel, and I heard Cody say Gabe Davis." You're saying they're not getting a number one wide receiver. No, I'm just saying who. Correct. I, I think I'm that, saying that. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I also think they they still could bring in two. I'm just saying I think some formula of this offseason includes them bringing in Curtis Samuel. Now, whether that's Curtis Samuel and trading for someone, whether it's Curtis Samuel and mm. dream scenario for some people, Michael Pittman or whatever, fine. I think Curtis Samuel type, though, is, is part of the formula. He's not the first guy they're signing, um, but there, there's somebody further down the list that they're going to bring in, I think, as a wide receiver. And Curtis Samuel is probably like a three for you next. In, in a perfect scenario, yeah. you draft a wide receiver, you have Rasheed Rice, you bring in Curtis Samuel, and, and either somebody else on top of that or maybe they feel like they can they can make it work with their draft pick, uh, Rasheed Rice, and and just this third wide receiver uh, in this scenario. I do feel like I mean if this scenario happens, or even if, if they sign if they sign a guy and then draft two wide receivers, I think that means mm. at least MVS is gone. Obviously the right. the, the yeah. cut candidate I think everybody thinks will be gone in the first place, and sure. I think Sky Moore is going to be gone if they draft if they bring in three wide receivers, whether it be from free agency or the draft. 
Skymore is gone as well. Yeah, I, I think Justin I think Watson just, and Patrick or Justin Watson and Rasheed Rice are in there no matter what. Yeah, I think the yes. Skymore angle will be interesting. I, I tend to believe just because of the contract that he's on rookie deal that he at least makes it to camp. Uh, yeah, I think May- he'll make maybe, it to camp, but I may- don't know if he survives it. Yes, I, I think there's no reason to cut him before camp. Truly, there's there's no reason to. Have him work out at camp, see what he how he you know how he competes with the other guys you already brought in, and go from there. And maybe he's the guy we're talking about in, in mid August that's getting cut or traded late in camp for a comp pick. I don't know, uh, or maybe he does improve. But I, th- to me, there's no reason to cut him in March. The guys you cut in March are an MVS type, a Canarius Tony type. S- somebody in the text line said, "Why can't Rashid be the number one?" And I mean, I, I think, think he can be. I-, I think he can be too. And the reason why I say you draft a guy that could be a number one, I guess, is. Rasheed has his mold, and if you could get a tall, speedy wide receiver to fit the mold that Mike Evans is, that's why you bring him in, I think, is to help. For, for one year, it's not like they signed him to a long-term deal if he's able to, willing to do it. Was a number one, has been a number one. Here's what I here's some some tricks as to how I utilize my size to, to get some matchups that I want to take advantage of it. Mike Evans is gone. All of a sudden, you got Rasheed and whoever they drafted as your one-two punch, and then you have another another guy as a reliable uh, third option. So those are some of the receivers we think could actually land in Kansas City, not the wish list. And I'm probably in the minority on not having this player on even the wish list, though, is Mike Evans. And I just told you, it's just not that I don't age, think he's... I, age, I, yeah. And I, I know uh, DeAndre Hopkins was an age argument, and he ended up having a very nice year for Tennessee. One, I would say, just because one older wide receiver had a great year doesn't mean another one will. And also... Uh, Mike Evans on a one-year deal. Of course I'm interested. I'm wondering if it's going to take a three-year deal, and that's where I have a problem. I think, I think he would be th- he'd be 35 by the end of it, I think. Yeah, I'm or not really interested. Three-year deal, no. three years. So is it, what, three years with the first two essentially guaranteed, depending on the dollar amount? You, you, you maybe. But if you have to guarantee any money into the third year or have you know dead cap money, I should say, into the third year, I just wouldn't do that. At someone that's going to be, what did, you, what did you say, 32 at the start of the season? Like if I'm going to pay that amount of money to a wide receiver, I'd rather just pay it for guys who's like 25 like Michael Pittman. And again, he, he might get, get franchised. I just don't know if the Colts are going to I let, don't think they are either. I don't I, think they're going to let I, I think the Colts will. When they have Anthony Richardson, a young quarterback coming back from injury and had some momentum and they seem to be ahead of schedule, Yeah, it just would be kind of dumbfounding if the Colts let him walk and did try to get a long-term deal done. It'd be weird. I know we spent a little bit of time on this show um, joking about an incident that took place in the at Arrowhead after Philadelphia had beaten the Chiefs. As you remember the post-game tunnel incident. As you recall, they won one game after that and lost immediately in the postseason. So it did not go great. It's a big win for Nick Sirianni, you know? So people might have thought, hey, maybe it's the injuries. Maybe this the team wasn't as cohesive after that moment. Maybe they ran into a more difficult schedule. Well, not according to one report. According to one report, the banishment of Big Dom, if you remember the player who big touched the 49ers, Dom. the security guy who touched the yeah. 49ers player who eventually was banned for the rest of the regular season, His absence from the sidelines is the real reason why the team failed. Because, quote, he controls Nick Sirianni's emotions during the game. Without Dom, Sirianni got in numerous arguments with players and coaches that otherwise would have been prevented by the security guy. This is an incredibly embarrassing headline for Nick Sirianni. And also seems crazy believable, doesn't it? Like, this doesn't seem all that far-fetched based on the way we've seen Nick Sirianni act. So he's 42 years old. 
He's the head coach of a football team, and he an adult man. Like we joke about the get back guy. Like we we joke about yeah. that in sports. Like have to get, but truly he needed one. Is what you're telling me? He big Dom, according which to this report, phenomenal. Yeah. Anyway, he need big Dom is actually the secret sauce that made that whole thing work. Is that, that's what I'm supposed to believe that all the issues they had, a lot of it was because Nick Sirianni didn't know how to control his temper on the sideline. That's what was the big cause of the problems. Uh, they should hope it was that quick of a fix. That, it's that, just as simple as Big Dom comes back and Nick Sirianni stops fighting with everybody. I think there's a lot more to the story than there's that. It does seem believable with him. Like Sirianni admitted somewhere later in the season that he was quote too tense. Like he admitted that somewhere later in the season. And then you're like, what man, you need a guy to tell you to calm down all the time. Like, I used to joke about long ago when Andy Reid first started here that I wanted to apply for a job with the Kansas City Chiefs, that all my job was is that I had a poster and I would hold it up when Andy Reid was forgetting about Jamal Charles. i just hold up a sign and say, hey, <laughs> Jamal Charles exists. In this case, there's a real argument from the sounds of this that they need one person employed to just go over to Nick Sirianni and be like, like what I do with my five-year-old if they're throwing a fin, be like, okay, can you breathe? Take a breath. Think for a second. Close your eyes. Take a break, Nikki. You know, like you got to take a break. This before blackjack or after blackjack? No, that's no. They weren't. They lost all their money oh, at blackjack. They okay. lost all their chips. The house won for <laughs> you, sure. You got the money back, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they didn't. They didn't hold on to any of those chips. They uh, well, they eventually made a big bet at the end. Which okay, didn't, okay. Didn't didn't pay off and get their. They money They had that guy, Big out. Dom, and it has to be. It has to be Big Dom. I think it has yeah. to be. It can't. It can't just be six three buck seventy five. You can't get in Sirianni's face yeah. and tell him to calm down. Me. It's got to be a bigger guy. Yeah. I mean, this is insane. This is insane. If an NFL head coach needs a man around the sideline to tell him to stop yelling at players, he seems like the kind of guy who's going to get run out of Philadelphia in a hurry. That's the kind of market that'll run you out of of town anyway. I mean, they ran out in three years, a Super Bowl winning coach. What do you think? You're above it just because you went to one? No, 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 no. No, The Kellen Moore OC high. I mean, that's going to determine. I mean, truly, it is all on Kellen Moore fixing that offense and what they're going to be on defense with the new coordinator as well. That is where his future lies. Did he make the right hire at the coordinator spots? Otherwise, yeah, Nick Sirianni will not be a head coach in 2025 if that same thing, any sort of what they dealt with this year happens. Like I go back and I try to think about how Sirianni would have handled knowing what this report is saying. How would Sirianni have handled like the way Travis Kelsey went up to Andy? Cause Travis came in hot as we all remember made physical contact with Andy when he's trying to yell at him about being in on the play from the sounds of it. Anytime there was any kind of like as a head coach, sometimes you got to just, this sucks, but sometimes you got to like be the calmer person in the room. This goes back to the parenting thing. Gold, sometimes you were the irrational person in the room and it was up to your parents to be like, okay, Alex, you know, like whatever, ignore the fit you're throwing or the anger you're sloshing around. And it was somebody else's job to be the adult. Sirianni is supposed to be the ultimate adult. That's the whole point of like head coach of an NFL team. There's a time for discipline. Yeah. I'll say and yell back at a player, but come on. I think that's where the relationship part comes in. I mean, the reason why the Kelsey Andy Reid sequence you know, one, they won the game. So that also prevented it from being an even bigger deal. But the reason why that occurred, we, we had seen Andy bump into Kelsey plenty of times throughout his career. That relationship and what they have, different probably than what Nick Sirianni might have with certain players on the team. And that's something that he probably has to work on in terms of does he have that same close relationship with players on his team to where he can be that. There's also not, that, like no. Nick Sirianni, Probably younger, a little more immature. He's, you know that that aspect versus Andy Reid, who's you know a grandfather and is, is who does, you know what I mean like just has that aspect to him that Nick Sirianni simply doesn't. He's got spoiled as a kid leader. vibes, man. 
Sirianni. As a oh, head, I, I mean, Nick Sirianni, I will does, say, though, he's he, got spoiled he, kid he, vibes. He does fit Phil. I mean, look, I understand Philadelphia's a very passionate sports town, but he, Nick Sirianni fits Philly. He's yeah. kind of an arrogant a-hole. I'm sorry. <laughs> As a head coach, though, you're, you're expected to be the guy that has control of the locker room, and the fact that he, he doesn't, and he's the head coach, I think also opens up the door for when you are struggling. There's a total lack of respect that that goes into it. And I mean, hence the reason why, you know, you're clashing with players, but also just from an organizational standpoint, if, if you're struggling and Nick Sirianni says something, I don't think people gravitate towards him to actually listen to what he's saying. You know, they, they might even tune him out because he, he can't be that person who is under control in all circumstances and knows how to go about his business in a way that's respectful and, you know, proper without having big Dom. <laughs> big Dom. He's kind of a babysitter. I need to give Big yeah. Dom a raise, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I guess so. He's that, that he, vital he's, he to the organization. The the Super Bowl he's the difference between them going to a Super Bowl and being one possession away from winning it right. or losing in the first round to Baker Mayfield. Is that who they lost to? Yep. Oh, boy. Yeah, it was that Tampa, was a bad Tampa. loss, too. Woof. They were pathetic that entire game. <laughs> Damn, pathetic they during that entire game. Big Dom was back for that game. Just too late. Yeah, you can't the work fix. had already been done. You can't <laughs> fix it that quick. You need an offseason to, <laughs> to get everything reestablished. All right, coming up next, we'll talk some Royals baseball. Vinny Pasquantino going to join us. He'll be stepping into the batter's box during a game for the first time since injuring his, tor- uh, injuring his labrum, his shoulder, last year. So we'll talk to Vinny about the vibe around spring training and what he expects this upcoming season next. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.